Blog Talk Radio. I'd like to welcome listeners to Sacred Sunday. Sacred Sunday was created to focus on the tenth. The Sunday is a special day to set aside some time for spiritual focus, meditation, and prayer. All faiths are welcome. I'm a Christian in recovery, and all Bible readings will be out of the Ryrie Study Bible, or you may use any Bible you wish. I've had many spiritual experiences, and I'm actually in the process of getting my book edited. Then it'll be available for everybody, called Worth and Worship. 
But in gratitude for everything that's been given to me, we have ongoing Bible studies every Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're making our way straight through the Bible, and this morning we were actually on Ephesians 6. So it's the end of the set chapter of Ephesians. And uh, I just want to welcome everybody. Uh, just come and sit down, get your Bible out, and we just do the Bible study, and uh, we say some prayers. And anyway, you're very welcome to come and attend every morning if you want, every Saturday morning. Anyway, for opening prayer, let's read uh, the Our Father. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And we want to pray for all the Christians being persecuted worldwide. Their freedom to worship and lives are in great jeopardy. Those whose lives were taken for evil and distorted reasons, and we believe they become martyrs. We ask them to pray for us now. And we pray for all the suffering and violence here and at home. We pray for those who are sick in mind and body. We pray for those who are lonely and uncomforted. Please, God, forgive us our sins. We pray for those who are suffering from domestic violence in our own homes and freedom from addiction of all kinds. Please, God, send your mighty Archangel Michael to fight against evil and help protect us from evil and all your angels to watch over everyone. Our prayers go out to all those who suffer in the world, including the animals who can't speak for themselves. We also pray for the wisdom of our president and the rest of our policymakers. They have many decisions to make, and we're praying for all of them to make good decisions on our behalf and the world's behalf. We're also praying for the countries for their problems from all suffering all over the world. We thank you, God, for everything that you have given us. Thank you for everything you've taken from us, God. And we also ask Jesus to bless us and help us grow under his care and understand what we are to do here on earth. We Help us to be good Christians. Help us to be strong and fight against evil. And we keep everybody and their families in our prayers. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so we're going to do uh, a Bible study. So you can get out any Bible you wish, or you can go, uh, if you don't have a Bible, uh, you can actually go to www.biblegateway.com or go to www.biblia.com. That's my favorite online source. And of course, I have to tell you about the music this morning that we play on entry to our Bible study is Save, S A V A E, vocal group. I got my uh, CD from Native Angels by Save. And you can get it from Amazon, or you can listen to it for free on YouTube. And they also uh, have live shows, so you can get a hold of them by calling calling. Anyway, go to Save.org, excuse me. And anyway, I have a few uh, really beautiful birthdays this morning. Uh, Happy and blessed birthday to everybody, and a very prosperous year ahead. If it's your birthday, God bless you. And I want to wish Francesca Romero and Hayden Lacey. Cecilia Kellman, and uh, I also want to um, say happy birthday to my friend Bill Whitehead, who would have been 47 years old, and uh, God bless him. He's now passed and left us, and I miss you, Bill. Okay, so if you have any special prayer requests this morning, um, call 619-924-9744, and uh, you can also listen on that phone number today. 
So today, you know, we're at the end of the Ephesians, and we're in chapter 6. And uh, I'm going to read you uh, Schmoop's. Schmoop is a a Harvard uh, uh, students that have gone through the Bible and gave us their summary, and that's the one I I read the summary, and then we're going to go ahead and read the chapter for ourselves and read the notes, okay? So get out your Bible and get ready for Ephesians chapter 6. And let me read the summary from Schmoop. Kids today... Anyway, kids should also listen to their parents. It's right here, there in the Ten Commandments. No breaking curfew or sneaking out the window when you're supposed to be grounded. But on the other hand, dads shouldn't abuse their power to try to supposedly take off their kids. They should be loving, understanding, and help teach their little rugrats the proper way to behave. And okay about slaves. The same thing goes for slaves. Obey your masters. Just don't follow orders when the master is watching either. Do it all the time because God is always watching. It might help to think of yourself as a slave for Jesus. Just Don't just listen and obey because some human master wants you to. Do it because God and Jesus want you to. After all, God sees all good things that you are doing, and he will reward you for not being rebellious and disobedient. So look for that. Okay, but masters aren't really totally off the hook either. Christian slave owners have an obligation to treat their human property decently. Now, we know this is uh, from the old days, and uh, hopefully... Well, I guess we are still have slaves, so we'll keep our mind pray for the slaves that are still on this earth. Anyway, masters need to remember that everyone on earth is a slave to God, and even them. Everyone has God for a master. As far as the big guy is concerned, there's no difference between slaves and their owners. They're all equal in heaven, of course. On earth, folks should just be go to their assigned roles instead of school upheld. This next part of the summary is onward, Christian soldiers. Soldiers. In general, Christians should be strong in their faith. They need to put on spiritual armor to protect themselves from this crazy world and the devil is running loose. Christians don't have to worry so much about flesh and blood people messing with them. It's institutions like rulers and authorities who move society in a bad direction, in an evil direction. They need to put their armor on so they can withstand the blows of that coming. Fasten the belt of truth and sport the breastplate of righteousness. Put the shoes on of peace and take a shield of faith with you. Slap on a helmet of salvation and swing the sword of the spirit at the bad guys. Oh, yeah, now you look like a proper and symbolic soldier. And then he has the last part of it, so long and farewell. One thing that will help, too, is prayer. Christians should pray for themselves and definitely pray for Paul. He needs those happy thoughts. You know what? He's in prison after all. He's in prison again. And since it's tough for Paul to visit, he's sending along his friend, Tiserius, to give the Ephesians a full scoop of what's going on. Finally, he's sending peace to all the faithful out there and wishing all good things for them. How nice. Anyway, that's the end, and I want to thank again, smoot.com. And uh, now let's read our chapter. Chapter 6, Ephesians. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it be well with you, and with you may live long on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So now it's in relation to slaves and masters. Slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, and the sincerity of your heart as to Christ, not by way of eye service or men-pleasers, but as Slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with God, with good, with good will render service as to the Lord and not to men. 
knowing that whatever good each one does, this is what we receive back from the Lord, whether slave or free. The masters do the same things to them. Give them, give up threatening, knowing that both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no partiality in him. Protection for the believers. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that we will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the powers and against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up full armor with God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of the peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all flaming arrows of the evil one. Remember that. Let me read that again. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith. Now faith. Which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. With all your prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And in this view, be on alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it may speak boldly as I ought to speak. This is the concluding words, 21. But that you may also know about my circumstances, how I am doing, Tysicius, the beloved brother and faithful minister of the Lord, will make everything known to you. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, so that you may know about us, that he may comfort your hearts. Peace be with you, be with the brethren, love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ with incorruptible love. Let's go back to the notes. And the Lord, obedience to parents is part of our children's obligation to Christ, whether or not the parents are believers. And then it says, uh, 6-2, the primary importance, a rebel has a less chance of living long. When a child marries, his relationship to his parents changes, but not his responsibility to provide for them. And then 6-4 is, do not nag or arbitrarily assert authority. And then uh, they're describing slaves some more. And then this is the believer's responsibility, armor. At this time, Paul is being guarded by Roman soldiers. Schemes equal correctness. The believer's enemies are the demon hosts of Satan, always assembled for mortal combat. Truth holds everything together and refers to the believer's integrity and breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness practiced by the believer to protect the chest and heart from Satan. The gospel gives our feet and lives support and stability. And then the large uh, Roman shield covered with, with leather could extinguish flaming arrows. The shield consists of faith. The helmet guards our mind and thoughts, and the sword, the only offensive weapon mentioned, is the word spoken to our hearts. And prayers should be said on all occasions in the power of the Spirit, persistent, for all believers, since all are targets of Satan. Even in prison, Paul is not thinking of his own welfare, but in his testimony for Christ. 
So that means next week we'll be going on to Philippians. And uh, little by little, we're making our way through the whole Bible, believe it or not. We are much further along than when we started, and uh, we're going to do Philippians, and then uh, on to Colossians, and we're going to keep going. So uh, we'll carry on next week. Okay, now I already picked the story out in Guideposts, and let's read that. I want to thank you all for your listeners. Thank you so much for listening in the morning. And I know, you know, it's, it's hard to show up and go to church and go to your Bible study and things like that, but we do this because it's, it's good for us. And uh, it's our way of giving back to God. Okay, the story I picked at his guidepost is uh, A Widow's Letter to Her Children, and this is by Carmen Gordon. In 1993, Gary Gordon killed trying to rescue a fellow U.S. soldier in Somalia. Months later, his widow, Carmen, wrote the following letter to their children, Ian 6 and Brittany 3. My dearest Ian and Brittany, I hope that in the final moments of your father's life, his last thoughts were not of us. As he lay dying, I wanted him to think only of the mission which he pledged himself. As you grow older, I can show you the love and responsibility he felt for his family. You will understand my feelings. I did not want him to think of me or you because I do not want his heart to break. Children were meant to have someone responsible for them. No father ever took that more seriously than your dad. Responsibility was a natural part of him and an easy path to follow. Each day after work, his truck pulled into our driveway. I watched the two of you run to him, feet pounding across the paved boards to our painted boards to our porch, yelling, Daddy, every day I saw his face when he saw you. You were the center of his life. I am when you turned one year old. Your dad was beside himself with excitement, baking a cake in the shape of a train. On your last birthday, Brittany, he sent you the handmade birthday card from Somalia. But your father had two families. One was us and one was his comrades. And he was true to both. He loved his job. Adventure filled some part of him I could never fully know. After his death, one of his comrades told me he had on a foreign mission your dad led his men across a snow-covered bridge that began to collapse. Racing across a yawning crevasse to safety, he grinned wildly and yelled, Wasn't that great? You'll hear many times about how your father died. You will read that the President of the United States said when he awarded the Medal of Honor, Gary Gordon died the most courageous and selfless way any human being can act. But you will still ask why. You will ask how he could have been devoted to two families so equally, dying for one but leaving the other. For your father, there were no hard choices in life. Once he committed to something, the way was clear. He chose to be a husband and father and never wavered in those roles. He chose the military, and I cannot fail those with whom I served became his simple religion. When his other family needed him, he did not hesitate, and he would not have hesitated for us. It may not have been the best thing for us, but it was the right thing for your dad. There were times when the image of him coming home comes back to me. I see him scoop you up, Anne, and you, Brittany, bury your head in his chest. I dread the day when you stop talking and asking about him and when he seemed so long ago. So now I must take responsibility for keeping his faith intertwined with yours. It is a responsibility I never wanted. But I know what your father would say. Nothing you can do about it, Carmen. Just keep going. Those times when crying came, 
when I stood at the kitchen counter, it were never long enough. You came in the front door, Brittany, saying, Mommy, you said, you missed Daddy. You remembered me. You reminded me that I had to keep going. The ceremonies honoring your dad were hard, and they put his photo in the Hall of Heroes in the Pentagon. I thought, can this be all that's left to picture? Then General Sullivan read a letter from General Sherman wrote to General Grant on the Civil War. Words so tender, we all broke down. Throughout the war, you're always in my mind. I always knew that if I were in trouble, you were still alive, that you would come to my assistance. One night before either of you were born, Dad and I had a talk about dying. I teased that I did not know where to bury him, and very quietly he said, a poem in my uniform. Your dad never liked to wear a uniform, and a poem Maine was so far away from us. Only after he laid to rest in a tiny, flood-filled graveyard in Lincoln, Maine, did I understand. His parents buried their only son, could come tomorrow and the day after that. You and I would not have to pass his grave on the way to the grocery store, to Little League games, to ballet recitals. Our lives would go on. And to the men he loved and died for, the uniform was a silent salute, a final repeat of his vows. Once again, he had taken care of all of us. On a spring afternoon, a soldier from your dad's unit brought me the things from his military locker. At the bottom of the cardboard box beneath his boots, I found a letter. Written in a small ruled tablet, it was his voice, quiet but confident, in the words he wanted us to have if something should happen to him. I'll say this for you, but so much of him is already inside you both. Let it grow with you and choose your own responsibilities in life. But always, always, follow your heart. Your dad will be watching over you just as he always did. Love, Mom. I want to thank you so much, Carmen, for writing that for your children and for leaving it for us as we pray for all the soldiers here and abroad. We wish them all the best. And we know that you're never alone, that, that we love you, and God bless you. Amen. Now I'm going to read the... Go ahead. Shook me up. Sorry. So now I'm going to read our meditation for today, and it's actually January 31st. And the meditation is, Hitch Your Wagon to a Star by Ross Wilder Emerson. How often we have struggled to do something alone, refusing to have another help us. Maybe we're single-handedly cooking a meal for a family and getting together, or moved a piece of furniture or plodded slowly through the time-confusing work without assistance. Instead of asking for help to make our job go smoother, we chose to take care of it and all ourselves. While we were probably accomplished in what was needed, where did it all get us? Our ancestors settled this land by helping one another. Lands were discovered by bands of exploration parties. Barns were raised with communities and crops were harvested by many hands. That same pioneer spirit extends today to the program where each member pulls another through good times and bad. Succeeding alone means we have survived. Succeeding with others means we have truly lived. We were not put into this life to survive without others, but to live with them. By joining ourselves with the humanity around us, we have joined that spirit which connects us all. It says, I can be a pioneer and share my humanity with others. How about my brothers and sisters tonight? Well, thank you so much, and I want to thank you so much for listening. God bless and keep you. 
in every way and uh, keep reading your Bible and keep praying and keep the army of God in faith on your faith will carry you through. And I love you and, and God bless you, you know, and thank you so much for listening this morning and I'll see you next week and we'll carry on the next part of the Bible. And in closing, why don't we say the serenity prayer together? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Please come back next week and bring your friends. In closing, may God bless and keep you in his loving arms so that you may have the strength to face whatever is ahead. Remember, you're never alone. I love you so much, and may God bless your dreams. And that may they may come true, and true love live in your heart. God bless you, and happy trails, everybody. Amen.